The North Forker Weekend Podcast is brought to you by Sherry Winterparker of Corcoran. Sherry is the North Fork's top real estate agent and top producer from 2005 through 2020. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Forker Podcast. This is another one of our magazine episodes. The November issue is hitting newsstands this week, getting the trucks, bringing them in as we speak. And this is November, right? So when you think of November on the North Fork, I mean, what do you all think of? To me, I start thinking about not just here on the North Fork, but anywhere. You just kind of start thinking about Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> I'm joined by... Sign me up. Lee Meyer. How you doing, Lee? Good. How are you, Grant? Good. And Charity Roby. How's it going, Hi. Charity? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so speaking of Thanksgiving, we have an article in this month's magazine by Will Horowitz, chef at Anchor in Greenport and works for the Green Hill Kitchen Group on hosting a throwback Thanksgiving. Yeah, so this is really interesting because I don't know about you guys. I'm not a big turkey person. Oh, and get out of here. <laughs> I know, I know, but I love duck. I love duck. And so does uh, Chef Horowitz. So um, let's go through some of the dishes that um, Mr. Horowitz uh, explains how to make in this in this story. So there is a wood-fired oyster roast with uh, rockweed and rosemary apple butter. So this is delicious. This um, is a little bit of a dish with indigenous uh, inspiration. Um, and, you know, who doesn't love oysters? If you're on the North Fork, you like oysters, right? Um, there's I don't also. Think they let you live here if you don't like oysters. That's exactly right. There's um, a, a lovely salad kale and aged cheddar salad with persimmon, sourdough breadcrumbs, and buttermilk herb dressing. New Suffolk succotash with pickled corn, whelk, shaved Brussels sprouts, field peas and bacon, um, mushroom and cornbread stuffing with sage, which I also really like. And, you know, the main dish is smoked Long Island duck duck with roasted apples, leeks, pecans, and cranberries. Now, this sounds to me like the perfect Thanksgiving entree. Um, In the recipe, he uses Crescent Duck Farm Ducks, which is, you know, the Long Island duck farm that is kind of ubiquitous. So if you're not in the mood for turkey, like me, I'm never in the mood for turkey, you you can do this. And then for dessert, he makes a sweet pumpkin bread uh, with whipped goat cheese, honeycomb, and pepitas. Uh, just like a really different Thanksgiving dinner. This is inspired by his grandmother uh, and the food she used to make when he was a child. So I think this is a really nice, a really nice uh, story. And if you're if you like to cook, this is a uh, this is. A great article to read. Yeah, I, I married an Italian woman who their Thanksgivings were a little bit more like what most people's like Christmases are, where it's like a lot of Italian. And for me, that was controversial. And I'm like, it's got to be turkey. <laughs> but hey, I, what do I know? Will Horowitz certainly knows more about food than me. If he wants to go duck and go closer to that North Fork route, you know, I, I get it. And Crescent Duck Farm is the last remaining yes. duck farm on Long Island. So to pay tribute to them at this time of year is always great. It's not our only piece of Thanksgiving content in this magazine. Cherry, you also did a Thanksgiving-related map. I did, and 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 Turkey is a good segue to this because the, the, the aim of this map was to identify the sources for a great Thanksgiving meal on the North Fork. And some of these are prepared, but some of them aren't. And, and chief among them is the Molosky Poultry Farm, which is 
Uh, it is a it, it is a wonderful uh, poultry farm where they raise the the uh, the turkeys right out back. And Lee, you you probably don't want to go visit because it's you know there are a lot of turkeys here. Yeah, they won't force you to eat them though. Uh, he is writing about their seventy yeah. fifth anniversary, I, so yeah. he may have. Well, oh, they're right. a fan. I mean, and they're you know they're they are they've been making the best turkeys, you know, raising the best turkeys for a long time, and they're they're really so. If you the go-to place really for turkey is is Molaskis. although there are and there are other duck purveyors. There are a few um, places that that are selling that are selling ducks. Molaskis sells crescent duck though. Right. Um, but the the map is actually a roundup of a lot of foods that you don't need to do anything to, not even cook. So, for instance, um, Alley Cat's Kitchen has a fantastic s- sausage stuffing that is a bestseller for them every year. Fritz Beckman there, who is there, makes that. Um, also, there is a, um, uh, a mashed turnip that you can buy from the Modern Snack Bar. And I don't know if you guys have ever had that stuff, but it is fantastic. It's delicious. I have had it that. It is unbelievable. I know there's two places in Riverhead Town that the day before Thanksgiving, you're guaranteed to see a line, and it's Modern Snack Bar, because people are picking that up. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, I guess, pies that they have there, and Briarmere, because of the Briar pie. Briarmere. And that's the other one. You know, I mean, if you are looking for a fruit pie, you need to go to a fruit farm to buy it, and that's why they have the best apple pie. They're also, their crust is, you know, fantastic. So, yeah, Briarmere for apple pie. And, um, yeah, so then and we also uh, also rounded up some beverages and uh, great pumpkin pie, because I know a lot of people love pumpkin pie. That would be out at the Orient Country Store. So it's, a, it's your go-to guide for finding great um, Thanksgiving provisions. Uh, story non-Thanksgiving related that I wanted to talk about this week. This was my favorite article in this magazine. So... It was written by Julie Satow, who did a great job talking about She's a real estate writer and a fantastic writer. She recently did a piece uh, for us in the Suffolk Times about the old arcade in Greenport. And her second piece that she did for us, and this was for the magazine and is uh, already online at NorthForker.com if you haven't seen it, is about the Terry Mulford house. It's a sprawling 7,000 square foot estate. It's out in Orient, close to the ferry. Um, it's behind uh, tall privet hedges, so you might miss it. But you've, if you've seen it, if you know what I'm talking about, it's just this cool, old, crazy-looking house that actually, and she gets into it in the piece that they don't know the full history of it, but this is actually one of the oldest houses out here and was built, believed to have been built sometime in the mid-17th century. Uh, you know, this is a house of early settlers that has, of course, obviously been expanded on. It wasn't a 7,000-foot house then. But um, it's actually been been uh, passed along for generations. It's um, through uh, an archaeological survey that was done there. They dug up all these old artifacts, like they found things in the walls. Behind the walls, they found an old cooking fireplace that was in the house still. And uh, it's been renovated recently, and it's actually uh, becoming a rental. The family is renting it out. They put in like a modern kitchen, a modern bathroom. you got to see these photos if you go on NorthForker.com. Really cool piece about a really interesting property and just a great job uh, by Julie on that. Lee, you wanted to talk about our cover story. So our cover story this month is about something that was really surprising to me, which was this new trend, uh, this new design trend of dried flowers. So listen, it's not potpourri, which is what I thought it was when I first heard this about the story. No, this is really interesting. So Betsy Leagy... 
of True Elizabeth. She's a floral designer. Uh, and during the pandemic, um, when she couldn't design floral arrangements for weddings or anything because we were all stuck inside, uh, she got crafty and she started working with dried flowers. Um, you can do a lot with dried flowers, apparently, uh, which is really interesting because a lot of times we want something floral in our home and then we work all day and we can't water the plants and then we've suddenly you know feel like we've done something bad and killed a beautiful oh that's never happened in my house no (laughs) never um but this is great you this doesn't require upkeep this uh this trend is really interesting there's some beautiful arrangements in the story um and uh the story uh written by marisa fox also um speaks with uh, Nathaniel Savage, who does different arrangements um, using dried flowers. He has a background in design and food. He works for the John Fraser uh, restaurant group. Um, And he does something called Ikebana, which is uh, a Japanese um, art style. And it kind of deals with letting the flowers this is going to sound strange because they're dry, but letting them breathe and not putting them all in a tight bouquet. Yeah, it's just really beautiful, visually stunning art that you can do that you don't um, need to worry about caring for after you've uh, said it. And uh, yeah, I think you should all read this beautiful story. Yeah, made for a very beautiful fall cover. Yeah. Charity, you wrote about private chefs this month. Yes, I did. I have never actually had the uh, privilege of using a private yeah, chef. Nor so this I. was this was a um, this was a real learning experience for me. I found out that there are people out there who will not only cook you a meal, but they will tailor it to your every whim. They will use the best of the local ingredients and they will create a magical and memorable evening for you, whether it's you and a date or you and you know your 20 best friends. And um, these people are real artists, and it was a really a lot of fun talking to them about what they do. And the the part that was uh, you know was surprising to me was how um, how very tailored and how very individual their menus are. They, it, these are not people who have like a set a set of dishes that they make every time. It is really designed for you and for your event. So it was it was really a lot of fun. Um, there were four there were four in particular that I focused on. This is something that is done a lot in the city. There are lots of people. I mean, there are people who have a private chef for every meal. Yeah. Um, it's it's less. It has been less common on the North Fork, although it is increasingly common. And in fact, uh, one of these chefs mentioned to me that actually most of her business, her new business, recently has been on the North Fork. It's so it's it's definitely something that is here. Um, and um, I thought uh, all four of them were, were really interesting to, uh, people, a little different approach. Jess Dunn is a very um, uh, dessert-oriented and very bubbly and fun and uh, does a lot of celebration kind of uh, events. Um, Jason Casey, who actually lived on Shelter Island for many years, now lives in South Hold, um, is prides himself on being a chef who can cook anywhere. He cooks on boats, he cooks in yards, he cooks in the wilderness. 
and he can certainly cook in your, you know, in, in your kitchen. Um, and he is uh, very, uh, very oriented towards sort of roasted meats and um, celebratory parties. He's master of the pig roast. He's depicted in this article holding a big old jar of his barbecue sauce, which looks absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I left my 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 time with him thinking, okay, I got to hire this guy to come over and feed me. <laughs> this is just too great. Um, and Adam Coffer, who is uh, uh, a, uh, also very experienced, all these folks are experienced chefs, but um, very um, oriented toward um, local ingredients and, um, and really tailoring uh, the perfect meal for, for his clients. Um, anyway, it was it was uh, it was a real eye opener, and uh, I really enjoyed reporting it. And I hope that um, I hope that our readers, oh Megan Hilo, of course, a very vegetable forward kind of uh, chef. Uh, um, I forgot to mention her; she was the fourth, and uh, also you know fantastic experience and and uh, really uh, impressive uh, results. So. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope our readers can can avail themselves of the services of of one of these these uh, fantastic chefs. Absolutely, I mean, even if they can, it's cool to just kind of know this is going on and yeah. learn learn about these people and and maybe fantasize about yeah. uh, no, a private it's great. chef. Um, you know, there's so much more in this issue. Um, yeah, I did the Hidden North Fork this month on the Speakeasy at Jedediah Hawkins, which is such a cool space think um if you if you don't know about it it's down in the basement at the jed hawkins and it's its own little private event space len thompson did a piece on pinot noir and the sort of elusive grape here on the north fork that's so fickle and believed to be kind of hard to produce and how people have learned to adapt over the years to that um the list this month the charity put together is on some of the best breads out here. That's already on northforker.com if you want to read it. Charity also did the Dream Day on Spending a Day on Shelter Island. Marisa Fox did a piece on Isabella Rossellini's new B&B Up Island in Brookhaven, Hamlet. So just so much action-packed. Uh, a great way to kind of kick off November by sitting down, picking it up this weekend, and going through... Uh, the issue and seeing what's kind of going on out there. And of course, all these stories will be posted online throughout the month. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Great to be here.